Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Hey, thanks again for being here today, and I want to welcome you to week number three of our Beyond series. Have you been enjoying this series so far, church? Amen. Well, if you weren't able to be here, you missed some of the messages, you can get caught up on our website, uh, iTunes, Google Play, and now on Spotify. We are on Spotify now. Just search The Fuel Church, and you can, you can get all those messages there. But I want to dive into our message today. I believe I have something that's going to help somebody today. How many want some help today? Come on. How many know your neighbor needs some help today? Go ahead and look at them and say, you look like you need a little help. Yeah, go ahead. You look like you need a little help today. I want us to look at our text um, scripture for this series, Ephesians 3.20. It'll pop up on the screen here. And here's kind of what our series has rallied around, Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than all, we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power That is at work within us. Whose power is at work within us? God's power. It's God. When when he says now unto him, he's speaking of God. And I love this about God, that he's able to put his super on your natural and do something beyond anything you can ask, think, or pray. So whatever, whatever's on your mind, whatever you're thinking about, whatever that vision, that dream is, um, think 10 times bigger. Right? Because most of the times we limit God with our dreams and our vision. Most of the times we put God in a little box and our dreams and our visions are only really dreams and visions that we can obtain by ourselves. So if you can do it yourself, then you really don't need God. So God's saying, hey, hey, there's something beyond everything that you're praying, you're asking me to do. It's it's bigger than that. Hit your neighbor and say, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. How, how do you get to that? How do you get to that bigger that God has for you? How do you get to that? It doesn't just fall from heaven, does it, on your lap the moment you pray? That's what I want to talk about today. Hebrews 10.36, you need to persevere. We can stop right there. How do you get to that? You need to persevere. There's going to be a process, and you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised you, what he has promised you. Anybody in here have some things that God has promised them in your life, for your business, for your kids? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, this is an audience participation church. Come on, you got some vision, you got some dream, like, like you're in a house now, but you're believing for something better and bigger. Come on now. Am I talking to the right church? You're in that car right now held together with Christian bumper stickers, but you're believing God for a Hyundai. Come on, shot a Hyundai. EKOC. 
Come on, now that's Coke spelled backwards, by the way. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I make myself laugh. Anyway, we're, we're believing for something bigger, something more. Amen. We, we're going to have to learn to persevere. We're going to have to learn to stand, having done all to stand. We're going to have to learn that there is process with God to get to the promise. Amen. God can make a promise, but you may never possess it if you don't learn to persevere. God can make you promises, but you may never possess it if you don't learn to persevere. So the title of our message today is Don't Stop. Hit your neighbor and say, don't stop. Come on, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Um, I pray today that the spirit of Forrest Gump would come on you. I, I, I pray that the spirit of Forrest Gump would hit you and that you would run even when you look foolish. I pray that the spirit of Forrest Gump would hit you and even when others say, what is he doing? What is she doing? Who do they think they are? They think they're a child of God. They think God is gonna do that for their life, for their business, for their fine. I pray that you keep running and you, keep, and you don't let anything stop you today. I wanna encourage you today, don't stop. Amen. The psalmist said, don't stop. Believe, okay, that's not in the Bible, but who wrote that? Journey, I should have known that. Don't stop believing. Today I want to talk to those who have stopped short, maybe. Maybe you're on the verge of stopping short. Maybe, maybe there's something that God put inside of you, but it hasn't come to fruition yet, and you're, you're on the verge of, man, I just don't know if I can keep going. I'm not, I'm not sure if this dream is going to come to pass. I'm not sure if, if, if this vision for a better life is really going to happen because it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. I, wa- I want to talk to you today. And we're going to come out of the Old Testament book of Joshua. And we're going to look at a story today that I believe is going to be faith building for you today. If you're at that place where you felt like stopping, you felt like giving up, you felt like God didn't hear your prayer, you felt like that God left you, you felt like that promise will never happen, this message for you is for you. Am I talking to anybody today? Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because the Israelites, no one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Pastor Joshua, See that I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once, all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. With the priests blowing the trumpets, when you hear them sound the long blast of trumpets, have the whole army give a shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, we know that Pastor Joshua here is the second one that has, given, has been given this promise from God. His mentor, Pastor Mo, Moses, had the same promise given to him 40 years prior, approximately actually 45 if you study it. 
45 years prior, God had spoken to Moses and told him that I have a new land for you to possess. I have a new land. I have a new country for you to take the children of Israel to. Approximately around 44,000 children of Israel at the time of Joshua were taken in where we find our text to conquer Jericho. But there were many more when Moses had them in the wilderness. What stopped them from possessing the land, what should have been a three-week journey, turned into a 40-year journey because of one thing, complaining. Complaining. We'll talk about that here in a minute, so I'll get that in for your neighbor. Um, I know that's not for you. That's for the person to the right of you. Um, So God gave them the land, and he gave them a promise to possess it, but they had to conquer it, and they had to fight for it. Someone say, you got to fight. For your right to, <laughs> I'm on a roll today. They had to fight for it. Like, like, like they were conquering cities. They took out AI before this and now they're standing at Jericho. Jericho wasn't a huge city. Jericho wasn't big. Its walls were big. Its walls were very big. Actually, its walls stood between 32 feet and 41 feet tall. About the size of a four-story building. If you've been downtown Kokomo, the new parking garage right across from the Y by the police station, that's about four stories tall. That's how tall the walls of Jericho were. Wide, they were very wide as well. They were between 13 and 15 feet wide. 13 and 15 feet wide because there were chariots on the top. There were the armed guards on the top looking over, making sure nobody was coming to attack the city. And so here Joshua is, he stands at the gate. Here he is, he's got to conquer Jericho, but God gives him some specific instructions and they're different from how he conquered the other cities. They're different. He said, here's what I want you to do. For six days, someone say six days, I want you to march one time around the wall. Someone say one time. So for six days, you're going to march one time around the wall. You're not going to say anything. And then on the seventh day, someone say the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times, say seven times. And on that seventh time, then you're going to open up your mouths and you're going to begin to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm going to put the praisers, the worshipers, the fuel band up front. That's what he said. He said, get the trumpets ready and get ready to praise me on that seventh time. On that seventh time. And, and so, but for six days, you march around once and you don't say a word, right? You march around once and you don't say a word. And um, what happens to many of us as we are following Christ, as we are on this journey, many times we stop short of the promises of God. And so here's what I want to submit to you today. There's many in here today that you don't even know it, but you're on your sixth lap and you want to cave in and you want to give up. You don't even know it, but you're on your sixth lap and all you got is one more lap. All you got is one more lap and the victory is yours. So I want to encourage you today to don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Two reasons why we stop and we fall short. Number one, are you ready? Our perspective gets blocked. Our perspective gets blocked. Uh, how, many, how many were raised in church, Sunday school? Come on, raise your hands. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Come on, help me. I can't sing. Joshua fought the battle of 
and the walls came. Come on, you got to do the motions. <laughs> you got you to do the motions. The rest of you, you weren't in church, you bunch of sinners. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love you. We love you. Um, those songs stick with you. As a kid, I remember all of them. They actually help form the faith of a child. That's why it's important. That's why we have praise and worship with your kids every week. Those songs get embedded in their hearts and they never forget them. But, but we hear that song and we think it's all pretty and nice. And man, it, Joshua just went up and the walls came down. It sounds so cool in the song. It sounds so neat. It sounds so pretty. But, but it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy because Jericho was this walled city. Tall walls, four-story four tall walls. It, it, it wasn't big city. They didn't have a lot of uh, army. They didn't have a, a lot of numbers, but the, the, the walls were high. The gates were locked. No one went in, no one went out. They had everything they needed within those walls to function and to live as a community. So, so, so wh- why the tall walls? Why, wh- wh- why, 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 why? Um, the reason why is because they use the walls to intimidate their enemies. So, so the enemies seen these big walls and they thought, man, this is a strong army. This is a strong city. We better not mess with them. May I submit to you church that some of the stuff that's not happening in your life right now, like the things God has promised you that really intimidate you. It's, it's not that it's bigger than you because the God in you is bigger than anything you may face in life. It's just that your perspective gets blocked by how high the walls are. How, how, and, and the enemy uses a spirit of intimidation to tell you, you'll never make it. You'll never fulfill that dream. Your kids will never come back to the Lord. They'll never serve God. The enemy uses intimidation to build up these walls in our life to get us to think that we are not enough. That we can't do it because the walls are screaming at us. Let me let you know that the best decision you made all week is by being here today. Because, because listen, because... It lifts your perspective to see above the walls when you come together as a body. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together because something happens. Like my faith encourages your faith and your faith encourages me. And, 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 and we come in after being out there for six days looking at walls, looking at walls, looking at walls at our job, looking at our supervisor. He a wall looking at our checkbook. There's a wall looking at our kids. There's a wall. Come on now, looking at our bad marriage, there's a wall. But when we come into the house of God, our perspective gets lifted and we can see above the wall. We can see above and and we realize how big our God really is. And we realize that the walls were talking to us all week. The walls were trying to intimidate us all week. And we listen to the walls. But when we gather together and we begin to lift our hands and we begin to sing praises unto God, the walls begin to come down. The obstacles and the opposition that you once seen as these big walls begin to get shorter and shorter and shorter. Because praise always lifts you higher. Praise. Oh, you see, we're not just trying to kill 15, 20 minutes waiting for you to get to church because you're late every week. It's not warm up time for the preacher to figure out what he's going to say. 
Like you thought the band, oh, that's the pre-pep rally. They're up there encouraging the pastor. He's got to get a word from God. No, I already got the word. I'm ready. But we need to praise. We need to lift ourselves as we lift up God, as we lift him up, as we declare his goodness, as we declare he's a great God. Our perspective gets lifted and we realize the walls have been intimidating us. The walls have been lying to us all day and all week long. And we realize that we will no longer believe the intimidation of the enemy. When we come together, it tells us I'm not alone in this. When we join together as a body of believers, Paul said, hey, 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 there's power when you're connected to the body. There's power in this. Like, like every part of this body is so important. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ is all important. Hmm? And he said, when we come together in the presence of God, your perspective begins to shift. Your perspective begins to change. When you get in the presence, you get elevated above the walls, and you see that the enemy that was intimidating you is the enemy that's intimidated by the God that's in you. Did you hear that? When you get in the presence of God with other believers, that's why the Bible says you got to be planted in the house of God. You got to be planted in the house. So you planted, you're planted in the house of God. And when you get around other believers, then you begin to realize. That the enemy that was trying to intimidate you is really the one who's been intimidated by the God in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now unto him who is able to do it. It's the God in you that he's intimidated by. When you tap into that power, they were singing about it. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. I said every chain of addiction's got to break at the name of Jesus. The amount of people that are getting set free in this place in the parking lot. If you just dare step on the soil of this church, you're going to get free from addiction. I'm telling you right now because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus, Brother Joe. Right here, stand up. Just got back from the home of grace. Set free by the power of God. Set free from addiction. Lifetime of addiction right there. Four other people there right now from this church that you helped send there because of your giving. Thank you. You're setting people free by your tithe and offering. You're setting the prisoners free. We're helping so many people. I can't even keep you updated on all of it, guys. Just know that we're using the resources God has given us to help the broken and the hopeless find hope. And if you believe in this vision, sow into this vision and let us continue to reach them. Because we're not stopping. We're not stopping. Hit your neighbor and say, don't stop. I love this about God because in verse 2, God says, see, I have already delivered Jericho into your hands. (laughs) I love this because only God can speak in past tense about a battle you haven't even fought yet. Only your God can say, see, it's already been done in my mind. I see the walls down. I see the walls tumbling down because he's a big, big God. He's bigger than what we give him credit for. He sees it done. 
God said, Joshua, you got this. I already see it's done. But Joshua said, I only see walls. Have you ever felt like what you see in your life doesn't match up with what God said in your heart? Wrong perspective. God spoke to you and you know what's in your heart? You got a word from God. You got a promise from God. But what I see is walls. But God said, see something different. Because you're seeing with the natural eye, the naked eye. God says, see through the eyes of faith. See through the eyes of faith. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hmm. We walk by faith. God was trying to teach Joshua a faith lesson here. See through the eyes of faith. See it already done. Speak your child already coming back to the Lord. Your prodigal son or daughter. Speak your marriage healed. Speak your finances healthy. See it and speak it. I got so much to share, but I don't have enough time. (sighs) Friends, the enemy would love to intimidate you. To tell you that wall will be in front of you for the rest of your life. That you're going to go to the grave with that dream. That you're going to go to the grave with that hurt and that unforgiveness, that they're never going to apologize to you. The enemy would love to intimidate you with his walls, but I'm encouraging you today, see from a different perspective. See from a different perspective because faith is choosing to trust even when you don't see it. Faith is choosing. I make a choice. I make a choice to trust you, God. Even when I don't see it, I make a choice to see it. So we stop short because our perspective gets blocked. Number two, for all the holy note takers. Number two, why do we stop short? Our progress isn't always obvious. Our progress isn't always obvious. So God spoke to Joshua. March around the walls six days, one time. On the seventh day, do it seven times. Shout. Praise me, thank me for it, and the walls will fall down. So look at this. I'm going to read a passage of scripture here to explain to you what that looked like. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest, said to him, said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord, have the seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city, with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, and the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark... Of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets. The rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then you shout. Verse 11. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp, spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, all that was the first day, folks. Did you see that? Did you see that? So what happens is, what happens is, we don't see progress quick enough. 
and we stop short. We stop short. Did you see the details of this? Huh? Because there's always details with God. And there's always steps of obedience that he asked you to take. Why did he tell, tell them to conquer this city this way when all the other cities they didn't conquer that way? I don't know. He's God and we're not. Faith in God does not mean you have to understand all the details. Faith in God means you move forward in spite of not understanding the details. God is not obligated to give me all the details. God is not obligated to give you all the details. And what happens is our progress isn't always obvious. So therefore, we don't even know it. We're on our sixth lap. And because we don't see the progress, we end up giving up one lap short. One lap short of the promises that God has. I mean, can you imagine these guys? I mean, they're trained army. Like, they have weapons. And, like, the last city they overtook, they took their swords and just stabbed them into the hearts of their enemy, right? It's like Braveheart. You know what I mean? Like, they're running, like, paint and everything, like, ah! You know, these guys are fired up. And Pastor Mo, or Pastor Joe, Suf, stands up and says, hey, here's the word of the Lord. And I can imagine these guys, 40-some thousand of them, looking at him like, this don't make no sense, Joe. What are you talking about? We're going to march? We're not going to say anything? We're not using our swords? Like, these guys were like trained. And the one guy's like, I mean, I was getting ready to upload the picture on IG of me stabbing that joker. The first selfie, you know? I made that part up. Anyway. Like, what am I going to tell my kids? Like, we marched and we sang praises unto God and the walls came down. Like, no, I want a Braveheart kind of story to tell them. I'm sure it didn't make sense to them. I'm sure they were confused. I'm sure they were questioning. Have you ever been there where you question God? Am I the only one that questions? Uh, it's okay to question God. Yeah, sure, it didn't make sense, but, but, but Joshua had given them instructions that he got from God. Now, if I'm God... I'm not, thank God, and you're not, thank God, <laughs> really thank God for that. Um, um, I'm going to give them a little motivation after each day they march. So, so day one, I, I'm going to give them a little motivation, like, good job, guys, you obeyed, and, 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 and a, a part of the wall is going to come off. Um, um, for those who um, are, 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 are not millennials, you won't get this, but there was a game we used to play called Tetris. <laughs> Um, Tetris um, was a cool game because once you lined up all the blocks, then part of that, those blocks would fall and they would disappear. If I'm God, I'm going to pull a Tetris on them. I'm going to allow them to see just a little bit of the promise, just a little bit each day for six days and then on the seventh day. But, 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 but I'm not God and you're not God. And so God said, nope, I'm only giving you a word. I'm only giving you a word. So the word is walk six days, one time around, even though you've been waiting 45 years for this promise. Have you ever felt like the waiting was forever? And I'm just not talking about the drive through at McDonald's. <laughs> like, am I ever going to get it? Like, will it ever happen? Will I ever get married? Will I ever find someone? Will I ever get out of debt? Will I ever get ahead? 45 years 
And God gives them these instructions. Why were they told by Joshua to not say a word until the last day? On the last day, you're going to shout. I think the reason why Joshua told them that is because of the previous 40 years where they were talking in the wilderness, complaining. He didn't want no complaining. Don't say a word. Joshua was like, oh, y'all jokers ain't making me go back to the wilderness for 40 years. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up and march. Shut up and march. Don't say a word. That got us in trouble for 40 years. We should have been there. But you complained and stopped us. Why no progress, God? I believe the the reason the walls didn't fall down a little at a time like I would want them to is because God didn't want Joshua and the men to trust in their own efforts or their own progress, but he wanted them to have faith in his promise. Sometimes God lets you walk around in a situation where what you're doing isn't working because he wants to know, do you trust that I'm working? When, even when what you're doing doesn't seem to be working. Do you trust me that I'm working? Even when what you're doing doesn't seem to be working, can, can, can you still trust me? Will, will you still pray even when the answer hasn't came? Will you still believe in me even when you don't feel me? Will you, will you still serve me when no one appreciates you? No one's patting you on the back. Will will you still be faithful to serve in my house even when you don't feel like it? Will you still be consistent in bringing me the tithe and offering even when it doesn't look like it's producing? Will, will, Will you still be faithful in raising your kids in the way they should go even in an unpopular culture and society? Will you still believe me that I have a better marriage for you, a better life for you? Will you still believe me even when you don't see it? Will you still march? Will you still march? Will you still march? Because God's working even if you don't see it or feel it. And that, my friend, is the essence of faith. Do you trust him? God is working even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it. But what happens, our perspective and our lack of progress will try to get you and I to stop on six. God sent me here to tell you today, you're not stopping on six today. No, 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 no. You're not stopping. You're going to no longer allow the words of intimidation to come from the enemy that tells you it's never going to happen, that tells you you're too old, that you're going to go to the grave with. You're not going to allow the enemy to tell you you're not educated enough. You made too many mistakes. You're going to stop hearing the voice of the enemy that says you'll always be sick. You'll always be struggle. You'll always fail. You'll always be a failure. You're going to stop it today, and you're going to believe that there is more with God because the enemy that whispers in your ear to stop. Listen, the enemy that tries to whisper in your ear to stop is the same enemy that's intimidated when you rise up beyond what you feel, beyond what you think, and you tap into the power of God that's within you. That's how you defeat your enemy. So when you hear the enemy telling you, just stop on six, just give up. On that marriage. Just give up. Stop believing. Stop caring. Stop praying. Stop going to church. It's not working. Stop caring for people. Because they always end up hurting you. Stop it. Stop. 
Stop helping people. Stop pouring your life into helping someone else find Christ and freedom. Stop doing it when you're on lap six and you're under the most severe attacks. That's how you know lap seven is on the horizon. And let me tell you today what the number seven means. Let me tell you, church, what the number seven means. It plays a major role in the Bible. The number seven is the number of completion. It's the number of perfection and completeness. God created for six days, and the Bible says on the seventh day, he put up his feet on his lazy boy recliner, grabbed a Coca-Cola, and he rested on the seventh day. Some of you are on lap six and you don't even know it. You're, you're, you're one lap away from the breakthrough. And the enemy's sending people to get you to give up. Sending relationships to try to get your ship to sink and you're on the final lap. You gotta keep going because it says in Joshua 6.20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted at the sound of the trumpet. When the men gave a loud shout, the wall did what? Collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. Don't stop on your dream. Don't stop on your kids. Don't stop giving up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop serving. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. If you don't give up, you shall reap. You shall obtain all the promises of God, because all the promises of God are yes and amen. To those who will persevere. To those who will change their perspective. I'm not going to allow the wall to intimidate me any longer. To those who will shift and say, no, I am making progress because the Bible says the steps of a good man or, or woman are ordered of the Lord. The Bible says that though thy beginning is small, thy end shall be great. The Bible says that, that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former because of the anointing. So I'm going to be faithful in the small things. I'm going to be faithful like David. Nobody's watching me take care of the sheep. My my other brothers are strutting around trying to get a position, but I'm going to be faithful to the last thing my daddy told me to do. And God always honors faithfulness. He always honors perseverance. So I'm going to keep marching because seven times is about to happen for my life. I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to fall short. There's too many more people to reach. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Today, this church will surpass 3,000 souls in three and a half years. We will surpass it today. You say, Jacob, that's a lot of people. Say, Jacob, can't we just chill as a church? No, we can't stop. Because your family members, your coworkers, God's lost kids are out there. We can't stop. We got to keep building more campuses. We can't be so selfish to say this will be the only one. No, there's more people that need to be reached. There's more lost kids. We can't stop. We can't stop. You can't stop. You can't stop. Don't, don't allow the enemy to get you comfortable. You say, well, I just, I got everything I need. I got the house I wanted. I got the income I got. No, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because when you get all that, you got to make sure that you honor God with all that. 
God doesn't mind you have stuff. He just minds when stuff has you. Don't forget the Lord God who, who gives you power to gain wealth to establish his covenant. See, some of you are on lap six. And you're about to get a financial breakthrough that you've never seen before in your life. Your business is about to explode. Some of you are about to go to a half million dollar business. Some of you are about to go to a million dollar business. Don't forget the Lord your God when you get the wealth. For it is he that gives you power to gain wealth. To establish his covenant. Yes, he wants your house blessed, but he wants you to be a blessing to the kingdom. Imagine what we could do. Imagine if we could, what we could do if you don't stop on six, if you keep pursuing that dream. Imagine what the kingdom could do. Imagine how many souls we could save. Imagine how many people we could reach through the Valley of Grace right here in Kokomo. If a millionaire stepped up and said, I'll build that facility. I'll build it right here in a field right by Fuel Church. And we just send them right down there. Imagine what could happen in this state, in this this country if you don't stop don't stop believing church don't stop believing there's more with God there's more with God don't stop we can't stop we got to keep going you're going to be hearing of a big announcement in two weeks from today about this church where God is taking us in our beyond vision don't miss it I'm sharing some things that God has been speaking to me and the leadership and it scares me but we can't stop. We can't stop. We can't stop. We can't stop. Stand with me. Father God, we make a decision today that we're not going to insult you with small thinking and little dreams. We're going to start dreaming again. Forgive us. Forgive us for dreaming so small. Forgive us for insulting the God of the universe because we allowed our walls to be bigger than you I thank you Lord today the walls are falling down for some people here today no longer will they be blocked no longer will they be hindered but they will see it and possess it everything you promise them through the eyes of faith through the eyes of faith they will dream again they will dream again. They will believe again. They will believe again. We thank you, God. We thank you. We praise you. We praise you for who you are in our lives. We rest in the Father's hands. And we choose to leave the rest in the Father's hands today. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking around. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself far from God, disconnected from this relationship with Christ that we're talking about today, and you want to make a fresh start and you want to make a new surrender to God. You're ready to give him everything. You're ready to give him everything. Maybe you're here every week and you just haven't surrendered fully to God. You haven't surrendered fully. We want to pray this prayer with you. We're not here to embarrass you or call you up front or anything like that, but it's very important that you pray this prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. So whether you're here for the first time or this is new to you and you're like, man, I want to know more about this relationship with Christ or you're here today, you're coming back to God. You know who you are. You need to make a fresh commitment to Christ today. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If that's you, before we pray, would you just do me a favor and just lift your hand up. Say, that's me, Jacob. Count me in on this prayer. Thank you. 
Awesome. Thank you over here. Yep. Thank you. I see both of your hands. Awesome. I see all these hands. One, two, three, four, five, right here. Right here. Yep. Awesome. Anyone else want to be included? Awesome. Yep. I see your hand. Yep. Great. Great. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Come live in me, and I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's rejoice, Field Church. Come on. Yeah. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.